Hello and welcome to Level Select, a podcast exploring great video game levels, chapters, worlds, and... Wait, 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 wait. Hi, hello, greetings. I messed up. I had a new Level Select about to be recorded, but I got news a better guess than the one I had, which was myself, had interest. Whoops. They also won't be available to record that episode in time for this week. And so did another guest I had notes for. And guess who didn't have a backup plan for a back for an episode this week? You, you got it, it was me! So enjoy this formerly Patreon-exclusive episode of Level Select because I didn't plan so great in the run-up of my move. So further in the summer, I'll cook up another Patreon bonus episode right off the podcast griddle. Don't you fret. Now... Back to the episode formerly known as Patreon Exclusive. Hashtag branding. I am your host, Robert Beach, and what's on our plate today, Michael Jones? I changed my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. That was terrible. <laughs> the, uh, no, okay. Uh, We're doing Call of Duty World at War. It came out in 2008. It's almost its 10-year anniversary. Um, just about. Come uh, November 11th. Yeah. 11-11. It was the first game after Call of Duty had... Graduated to fuck you. This is huge now, pretty much. And, and like, <laughs> it is a legit phenomenon yeah, at that point. I can only imagine but, uh, so, um, the developer Treyarch. It was their first game since Call of Duty Three, which people didn't like. They're looking at this like, oh shit, we got, we got, we got, we got to step up, y'all. We got to bring it. We got to bring the noise. Got some big shoes to fill after this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like we've been doing this for a while. Oh, suddenly now we're important. Okay. Yeah, and their big way to like so. um, announce themselves. Or to follow up, like at that point, which was the biggest game of all time, is to go back to World War II and then stick this weird little mode in there. We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, obviously, World at War had a big shoes to fill, as I mentioned a little bit ago. Because you'd think like development cycles, like um, Defendi Ward, they just tried out something like, ah, let's go to Modern War, you know, like uh, Modern Day and all that. Um, Infinity, you know, like a Treyarch with World at War, they just like were like, well, you know, World War II is a standby, but like, you know, this is the safe option. But then it suddenly became the obscure option Tre- at that point. Yeah, Treyarch. Was- so this will be. Sorry, no, as I was just gonna say, Treyarch at this point was still definitely the little brother. This is a couple of years before they, for Infinity Ward had their kerfuffle, and then they grew, and then they became. They they looked at Activision like the big cheese. They looked at yeah. Activision like that dude from Captain Phillips and said, "We're the developer now." So yeah, so this will be an odd episode where a chunk of the episode will discuss the development of the multiplayer of World at War, but not the one Treyarch intended to be the selling point for World at War. But um, that's before we do uh, delve, delve into the episode. Let's do some housekeeping. Um, Mike, when did Call of Duty World at War come out? Uh, it came out like you said, November 11, two thousand eight. Uh, Right after, you know, the year after Modern Warfare. Uh, lots of prestige to live up to. And right. I, I guess it, at that point it was kind of seen as a mild disappointment just to go back to World War II rather than uh, go to present, uh, present, back to present day or the future or something like that. But because World War II at that point was so well tread and people were tired of it. That's one of the reasons why Modern Warfare was so damn huge, was just a brand new setting um, by an outstanding developer. And 2008 Activision, they were pumping out X-Men. They had just, just, they were in the midst of destroying Tony Hawk. They were pumping out a bunch of Shrek and <laughs> DreamWorks games and Spider-Man games. This, this, I guess they were doing Spider-Man every year at this point, too. I think Web of Shadows came out this year. Yeah, like so Spider-Man was still more or less prestigious of, of, of an IP. I, mean, I don't think uh, Shattered Dimensions was just out yet. It was, it was in the area where... Uh, Transformers games were starting to matter with War for Cybertron kicking off, but before like all, all the licensed games started coming out, like this was the year when like everyone started caring about Call of Duty, yeah, as like a franchise. Because when you look at Treyarch, they did um, Call of Duty Two. I, I think it's Call of Duty Two. They did Call of Duty, Call Duty 2, Two, Big so, Red One. Okay. Um, the the okay. PS Two ports. They were ports. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like there was the Call of Duty Two that was on Xbox. Xbox 360, that was like a launch title that um, Infinity War did. And um, and Treyarch did Big Red 1 for like Xbox, for the older generation consoles at that time. That was the one that I played. So it's more or less the port. Okay, so it was just a weird like subtitle thing because like, ah, why not? You know, it, it's, it's, it's 
We're gonna try to mark it as a new thing, but it's a port. Okay, I gotcha. So, since this is an odd episode, we'll jump in on what multiplayer map we're doing. Mike, what's the map? It is... I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation. Knocked der so Untoten. It is the very first Call of Duty Zombies multiplayer map. And um, go back go back <laughs> and look at it and compare it to what they pump out now, and my god, it is unreal. It, it is tiny. It's tiny, it, there's, it, it no, is. There's, there's none of that, there's no crazy the basic of, frills. The basis of bones, yeah. 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 It, is, it is the complete skeleton of what it, what it uh, became when like Black Ops 2, 3, the first. And like, like hell, even like the uh, the last of the DLC uh, zombies map, uh, Dur Rise, even that was like getting like pretty out there. It's like, okay, this is getting pretty elaborate and complicated here. But I, I just wanted to mention before on before we continue on, if uh, Nocturne or Toten, since the conception of level select, I just generally want to uh, err away from the concept of uh, first, therefore best thinking here. But Nocter on Toten was a special take. Yeah, special case. Um, I would not say it's the best of the four that came out for World of War, but it is different. It is the first, and it is unique. Um, there is something special yeah, there compared yeah. to all the other ones because it is literally just the, like you said, the skeleton of what would come after. It is just you, up to three other people, some guns on the wall, and one little box, and the, there is only one strategy. Get a ray gun, three machine guns, post up near the box, and just fucking shoot. Just dump. <laughs> There's n not like the other maps where it's just like, okay, we're gonna go here, we're gonna go here, and now where it is now, it's like, okay, drop a playbook like your fucking Bill Belichick, and just we're gonna go over here while you drag him over here. <laughs> no cheating in Vault of the Vault. No, 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 no voiceover, <laughs> no exposition. You you don't know what's going on. It, basically, this could just be a a really really bad fever dream. No story gotcha. behind it. So you know, like it was the 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 bare bones of the strategies you would use in any in zombies map. You know, like leave the last one legless so the team can rebuild bar barricades and bicker over strategies and camping positions. You know, like the middle on before the meta meta caught on to like, okay, let's just get these like uh, light machine guns and then the ray gun if someone has it and just like finder spots. And that's it. Yeah, they eventually, um, they eventually tried to work those strategies out. I, I had almost forgotten about like leaving a dude legless so that he can crawl. Man, that was like the that was the go-to strategy so that people could reload, hit the box, get more perks, take a piss, exactly, get some more coffee. <laughs> just, just the, the the one push person is enough to use the bathroom. Just like okay, just have the zombie chase me so everyone could take a break and we can head back on the uh, wave nineteen and continue on. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, of fun. You, but but you could definitely like start at eight p.m. and then like okay guys, uh, let's let's keep going. let's do one let's do one game. Then you could turn around. It's at midnight already. It's like oh shit. Exactly, because they are warning me to lose. And it's like we were so close to reaching wave whatever. Yeah. Like I, 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 what was it like? We went from like twenty waves, or was there like a definitive? No, there was like, no end. end. It was just it, it was okay. just keep going until you died. I think the highest we ever that I ever got was like in the mid twenty in the late twenties. Wow, dude, okay. and that took forever, but it was still fun. It was just, yeah. Okay, I just want to ask you, Mike, what year do you think Gears of War two came out? Two thousand eight, same year as this one. You were cheating. No, I know. Oh, I know, dude. I played Gears of War two like all day, all day. That was my main game. Like it was World at War. Then like once I got Gears of War two, it was like I never looked back. Oh yeah, at all. That shit was. That shit was good. Yeah, like I, I mentioned Gears of War two because what it. <laughs> What it did was essentially the exact same thing as um, Nazi Zombies mode in um, in World at War, because um, they both had this horde mode equivalent to each, to each other, where it's just it's just wave defense. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're barricading, you're you're setting your defenses, you're 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 squatting an area as enemies come at you. Obviously, Gears of War Two had a lot more planning involved at that point because it was like a dedicated like third mode to, to with the campaign and the regular um, PvP multiplayer. But just adding that uh, PVE mode just 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 like helps establish that oh how you say that that phenomenon that, that just took over that like PS this PS 360 era. Of games, or like middle of the, in the middle of the uh, console cycle, where it's like, um, everyone's gonna have a horde mode now, or some type of like PVE wave defense mode. 
But uh, I, I asked you about that because, like, you would think, like, yeah, like uh, it would be like a month or two apart from each other. But no, Gears of War two released like four days before World at War on November seventh in two thousand eight. Which is just like looking at it, it's like holy crap! That just blew my freaking mind. Like, I, I, it, it just like that whole like phenomenon just just happened so quick. People talk a lot about 2007 so being like the, uh, an all-time great year. 2008 was no slouch either. Just especially just from these two games alone and the impact that they had. But then there was a bunch of other stuff that I just I can't I don't remember now because it's 10 years. Hey, we're old, by the way. We're getting there. Uh, but, but yeah, but <laughs> it's not exactly 10 years just almost, yet. It's but, okay. but yeah, it's these not two November, games. But we're getting close. These two games definitely change the landscape for like several years like cropper multiplayer became the shit exactly like nowadays everyone's trying to do a battle royale mode of some sort but th this was the new shit this was the new hotness mike do you want to get into the actual like level aspect of nocter untoten first yeah sure we can do that uh there's not a whole ton um to dis to discuss in terms of the level layout um so what exactly is Nazi Zombies mode, generally speaking? Like you mentioned, it was like wave defense. Yeah, it is. It is. Like the, this map is a very simple wave defense. So there's three. There's basically three areas. There's the area you start in, where you have a couple of guns on the wall and you are um, protecting barriers that the that the zombies are just like very slowly ripping off. And then there is an upstairs that is blocked by like some couch, like some overturned couch and other debris and you get a certain amount of points from killing zombies and re repairing barriers and you can um, you can lift, pay to lift that barrier and then go up. That is the sucker move. You don't do that. What you really do is <laughs> you open the door, which op opens up into an adjacent room that is a little bit bigger, a little bit uh, more narrow. And it has the mid bigger, but also like like darker. But there's yeah. far more avenues. Uh, zombies can like creep into. You can create, but you can create the, better choke yeah. points with this. And then then there's the mystery box in the corner, which is you pay a certain amount for it, and you open and you open up some guns, and you hope for something good. And this is the beginning of the Reagan. First thing you get that it's like, what the fuck is this? Oh, alien! It's like an alien blaster. <laughs> but then yeah, that is where the strategy of two people, two people crouch and two people stand up and then shoot and we do and we determine like, like so two people shoot through the door or two people shoot through shoot on the other side of the room and that's it it's, it's just those and you could find yourself losing four hours to just that yeah again it's, it's one of those like beauty in its simplicity of it because again this is a real small map compared to like every other zombie maps out there but yeah you, you start out with like a pistol and a set of grenades at first, and obviously your knife, but your your knife would eventually become like useless after like wave two. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, you use your knife for the for the first two waves just to accumulate points, and then you use your pistol a little bit, and then you basically say, "Fuck this, let's go to the box." Exactly, just just to save up ammo and money. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know uh, if you want to talk about the other maps too, just in comparison to this. But like even the next one, Verrucked had was it was a much bigger location multiple levels traps perks like this was the only time yeah, where it'd be that, this that, simple yeah it got fairly elaborate like even Varuk, it, it, it had like two diverging um pathways you can go down and obviously i got like a huge amount of uh doors and perks and traps to buy with your if your point system but it was it was more oh gosh it, it, it started out like, okay, let's not ease you into, like, okay, we start out real simple, they the skeleton, they just, like, fuck it, let's, let's just throw everything out there, like, we're gonna have, like, two diversion pathways, all, all this, all these other variables involved here, it's like, ooh, this is new, ooh, this is neat, let's try this out. Yeah, because... So, it... it, it uh, not, yeah, because Noct started as just, uh, this is an Easter egg, this is one little mode to fuck around in this otherwise supposedly realistic World War II game. And then after it took off, everybody loved it. They, were, they just put all their, they put a lot more time and effort into uh, this one, into ver into the next one, into Verrucked. Yeah, it, it seemed very much like, like oh, holy crap, that th this Nazi Zombies mode it, is a hit. 
and it's not even out yet. Like, everyone in the office loved it and could not stop playing it. And once it's released, and like everyone else loved it as well, so it's like, oh shit, we we gotta include this as a DLC. Yeah, I love that little DLC pack. I love that little tidbit in that uh, story that you showed me. That uh, you know something's you you know something's gonna be really good when the developers of the game can't stop playing it. It's like, oh shit, this we, we guys, <laughs> exactly yeah. Like, they were crunching themselves just to make this because they were playing it so much. Well, yeah, I, I, I'll get to that in, in, a, in a minute here, but just generally speaking, like. Like, there's already crunch at Treyarch just to get the main game out, but just, just this one guy in a series of, like, other developers through, like, a, like a bunch of luck and, and just sheer determination just, just managed to get this mode out there. So, I, I'll start off right up front here. Um, Jason Blundell, current director of Zombies at Treyarch, spoke with uh, Andy Hardup at GamesRadar Plus about the brief behind-the-scenes anxiety of Nazi zombies in Call of Duty Zombies, the accidental creation of a glorious gaming monster. Now, Blendana wasn't exactly there for World at War, but I was there, but, but was there as a producer and writer for the Black Ops and Zombies series. Regardless, he was at Activision with Call of Duty 3 in, a Bond game, and in the Bond game 007 Quantum of Solace, the uh, movie tie-in game, so he, he was still present. So like you know, word through the grapevine, hearing about this like uh, one weird mode, one little weird uh, Easter egg in World at War. So he mentioned that there was like a real worry about Nazi zombies, just like having that mode in general. Explains uh, Blendell, because we were making a very serious World War II Pacific campaign story, which in true Call of Duty historical fashion had a dark edge to it. It was one of our first mature games, so there was a lot of blood and dismemberment and that kind of stuff, and we were we were dealing with a serious subject matter. But we also had the zombies thing that people can't stop playing in the studio, even after working long hours hours on all that great campaign stuff. So even still, like it was it was a big hit in the office, which I'll mention again later on. So, again, like Blundell explains some more, the deal, interestingly enough, the deal that got struck about it was, okay, you can put it in, but don't talk about it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna try to promote it, we're not gonna try to market it, it was going to be a, we will put it in at the end and see what turns out. The end meaning the end of the campaign, and it unlocks after you beat, beat, beat the last mission, but it was still very much like a, like, like a secret mode you, you see at the very end of, of, of a... Of a game where it's like, oh wow, like I, I, I guess there's more to this game I didn't realize. Yeah, it definitely gave people an incentive to finish a camp, finish the campaign, which was five, six hours. And it, it wasn't until like I'd say a month before it came out that you started just hearing hearing whispers or like reading online, like, hey, there's this this secret mode that might have zombies. It's got this weird shit going on. I don't know. Finish the campaign, I guess. Find out. Exactly. Like uh, the only thing remarkable I remember about the World at War campaign was just like, oh, it's got Kiefer Sutherland in it, and it's take, taking on the uh, Pacific uh, theater aspect of World War II, that which doesn't really get highlighted to begin with. So, like, e even looking at it today, where it's like, oh, really? Like, Call of Duty's going back to going back to Normandy Beach again? Oh, wow. Okay, I, I guess that hasn't been done to death <laughs> ten years ago already. And it is so. Like, even ten years ago, it, it was like kind of like trite to go back to Normandy. And it is violent as shit. Like, you start off as the American soldiers uh, in Japan, and you you just see a right. guy just get hacked to shit with a machete. Like, this was the, this was the oh, first yeah. Call of Duty game that was actually... This might be one of the... Might be the most violent Call of Duty game, even at this point. Um, because I don't think anything else had this kind of dismemberment. Um, you could shoot people with a certain um, sniper rifle, and their legs would fly off. Shoot them with a shotgun, and and their arms or limb or arms or legs would pop, pop off, and yeah. Oh yeah, it was, it was a very disgusting and violent take on war to, to yeah. begin with. Like you see like future like Call of Duty games where it's like, oh, there's, there's these first-person sequences where you see the villain like torture you and and kill a guy right in front of you, and it's like, oh, that's you know, that's generally like movie-esque horror, but it, 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 it's it's. It's borderline pornographic sometimes. World at War. It does remind me of uh, oh gosh, the Mel Gibson film that was, was nominated for an Oscar. Uh oh, uh, last Heartbreak, year. Or no, not Heartbreak Ridge. Um, um it had Ridge gosh. in the name. Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge. Yeah. Hacksaw Ridge. 
That's the one. Yeah, we're, we're just like the, the last third of the uh, film is just like, all right, um, Mel Gibson is just gonna go full on gore porn here. Mel Gibson was like, y'all remember who I be? Get these motherfuckers. Get these. <laughs> get some blood packs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it, it was, real quick it about that movie. Horrific. I didn't see. That, I didn't see that because it looked like the most like generic. Like I'm just. I'm just boy trying to do good because it was. Gee shucks, I'm just trying not it to kill people, Andrew not Garfield. trying to kill Nazis, which is really weird for 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 Mike Mel Gibson of a film to make. For it was him. British actor Andrew Garfield putting on this really. Yes, I, it sounded bad to me. I don't know if it was actually yep. realistic, but I was like, yep. I can't believe people actually speak like this. And then it wasn't until after it came out that I heard how violent it was. I was like, really? Oh yeah, Mel Gibson. That's right. He makes some violent ass shit. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Definitely, like pornographic is is the word I would use for that film all the time. Yeah, and because it, it, it was, and I uh, and yeah, you use it for World of War and just kind of Treyarch in general. That's one of the ways they set they establish themselves. They part of their voice was just to be very very violent and almost pornographic, as you said. Like there's just because they also introduced the flamethrower in this game. Which you could also right, use in zombies, yeah. which actually didn't really do a whole lot of a uh, work at like round twenty because it took forever to burn them. But like, yeah, you burn people, you hear them screaming, all from a first-person point of view. Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of this super violence was one of Treyarch's key ways of uh, identifying itself. Yeah, which conflicted heavily with this Nazi zombies mode. It's like ah, you know, these stunt shambling idiots. And you literally have strategies where it's like, okay, let's take out the legs so we can go go have a piss break, and just like have it chase you around. And this is real like cartoony video game ass shits going on. Well, it was from that. Um, it was like from the animation of like all that violence and gore. Like you do, you blow off a dude's arm in the campaign, and they see and they'd be shambling, and that was one of the inspirations for them to create this zombie. I was like, because they looked at it, it was like, hmm, this looks like. So he looks like he's shambling like a zombie. This gives me an idea. Let's see if we can do anything else with this kind of animation. Right. So like, let's just dive right into like the development portion of this level, of this entire genre to begin with. So like the first episode of Level Select with Titanfall 2, often you see these iconic levels as a single developer's pet project. Uh, Nazi Zombies was no different at all. Weekends were what gave us Nazi Zombies. Now, I'm not trying to validate crunch or the exploitative nature of the games industry can dive into for the sake of art and commerce. This is merely telling the story of Nazi Zombies and how it was made. So it's, it's just like another f- example of developers having a better idea of what people want or what is fun than publishers in general, like more or less their higher ups or producers. So. The person to blame the most for Nazi Zombies is Jesse Snyder. His work consisted as lead designer of Halo 4 and the forgotten Call of Duty games, you know, like the Call of Duty 2, 3, Ghosts, and of course World at War. Now the bulk of the background background information came from Jesse Snyder's blog called the Haxington Post, published the day of World at War's release, called Nazi Zombies, Ray Guns, and Magic Chess, where it reveals pretty much the entire saga of <laughs> pretty much the entire saga of this mode from conception to finish. Now, lead level designer Jason McCord and Jesse Snyder wanted to make a post-campaign treat, just like what um, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare did with the Mile High Cup. Do you want to get into uh, what exactly the Mile High Club was, or the- yeah, so so real quick, Mile High Club was after you, it was like World of War after you finish the campaign, this other level. Except unlike World of War, it actually made sense within the fiction of the game. Uh, it, right. it, it was you were playing SAS Special um, British Special Forces on this airplane. Now that I think about it, how the fuck did they get up there? It's one of those, like, ah, oh, who yeah. cares? It, 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 it's just, it's just like, oh, you, you want to shout out, like, oh, plot hole, but, like, this, this is the story you want to tell yeah, here. And, um, so, yeah, and you basically got to fight your way through this airplane to rescue a hostage, and it culminates in this slow-motion uh, standoff where you got to shoot the hostage taker in the head. Um, you got to find the right window for him to, like, pop his head out while he tries to shoot you. It became infamous for its difficulty on veteran mode, 
because there was an achievement tied to it, like back when like achievements meant something. Like, okay, you got to finish this mode in like on veteran two minutes. And it or was less. so so goddamn difficult. Did you? Oh ever yeah. Beat that? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah yes. you did. Yeah, me too. Surprisingly, my uh, my buddies and I we we like took turns trying to beat it uh, one day, uh, just for like a couple of hours. Yeah, you were. Yeah, throw true. your you, throw your flash grenade. Shoot this dude as he comes out of the shitter. So back to the developments. Bacord and Snyder thought up a level where you lose at the end. There's just generally like spitballing ideas like, okay, well, what's you know, just generally like do more or less doing the exact same thing as my warfare and just throwing in like a level at the end. It's just like it doesn't mean anything. It's just like ah, oh, here's some fun thing we, we thought up at the end. We wanted to do. So the actual level was you mount a machine gun and realize you're a Nazi firing onto the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> Eventually, Americans would uh, overrun your bunker and shoot you dead. And as a reminder, Mind Warfare 2 <laughs> came out in 2009. So if you thought shooting up civilians as terrorists was bad, try Nazis in Normandy. So obviously that was scrapped, so we moved on to the ne next thing. Now, Snyder still wanted to work with the idea of being overrun rather than feeling invincible like most Call of Duty levels. Um, tower defense was the angle Snyder wanted to lean on. Snyder later chatted with another designer by the name of Sean Slayback, and the flash game of The Last Stand came up. Zombies would come at your base as you and a couple of other survivors fired guns to stop them, and the nuance was using points to build barricades, look for survivors, or buy new weapons. It's a pretty decent flash game, The Last Stand. Now, this was the game where Snyder exclaimed, not Nazi zombies, zombie Nazis, and started work on the mode with rebuildable uh, barricades. So, another thing too, like when he started to realize, like, oh, this might be doable, like when he saw like there was earlier animations of zombie-like dazed soldiers in a, bump, in a Russian bunker map he used. Now, again, it would be great proof of concept prototype. It would, it would be a great proof of concept Proof of concept you, you okay there, I cannot speak today. Great proof of yeah, concept yeah, prototype. Initially, Snyder proposed the idea to, to his producer, Dan Bunting, and did not win him over. Too many assets, uh, not 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 much time, and just generally like, going against the mature theme of it. To just being like too campy. Now, uh, Mike, um, can you read off the bullet points off the slide here? This is from, from a bullet point uh, slide from... Uh, his uh, dice presentation. So I assume this presentation was about the the Nazi zombies um, conception. Uh, generally speaking, like I, I'm not sure where where exactly it was from or like what year, but I, I just know like it was put up on his on his uh, on his blog in the Hexing Post. So uh, there, yeah. So it goes tough development, new tech. I have to assume the new engine that uh, was made for Modern Warfare that they kind of re that they adapted and honestly uh, improved on a little bit. Behind schedule, team crunched, some late stage innovation. This was a very late thing. Un unapproved, unplanned, and unscheduled work. Like you said, they were working on this after hours. The business expectations were for it to be the best selling game of the season. Um, that's that's got to be stressful. And it was part of an established franchise <laughs> that they were not the that they were again considered to be the little brothers of. And then this zombie thing was clearly seen as off brand. Uh, well, the, like to to go into another tangent, like Treyarch wasn't really the little brother at that point. It, it was known as the little brother, just just in that in the, in those like like tiny bit of years, but before Modern Warfare Three, where it's like you know Black Ops and um, World at War, it was seen as like the quote unquote little brother because it wasn't the series that made everyone care about Call of Duty. Yeah, it wasn't until Black Ops where they flexed real hard, but but this game did show that they were willing to take weird risks, and this Zombies map is proof of it. So, meanwhile, um, Dan Bunching, the, uh, the producer at World, for World of War, created Bunker Defense, which, as uh, Jesse Snyder basically put it, it was just wave defense with sections of different levels. There was, there was no, it was more or less like, like snippets of like the level itself. And you have to continue like fighting through it. There, there was like no single area to defend. No things to upgrade or buy at all in this. So at that point, Snyder grew more and more con convinced that zombie Nazis, not Nazi zombies at that point, should be the priority. But it eventually led to Snyder working over the weekend for the prototype to convince everyone. 
Now, it, as he states in his blog, all the core elements were there. The point system, boarded up walls, doors to buy, and weapons on the walls. After that weekend, the prototype reached to other Treyarch devs and won them over immensely. Even the uh, creative director, Corky uh, Lemucul, I am probably butchering that, greenlit the mode. <laughs> Bunker Defense got scrapped after a week afterwards, so the programmer who was working on Bunker Defense, Austin Krauss, was tasked to work on Nazi zombies. Oh, wait, nope, nope, sorry. Zombie Nazis at that point with Snyder on the weekends or during their spare time during the development cycle. Now, after that, Snyder didn't have to convince co workers to assist in Nazi zombies. Because again, like it was, that, that prototype just just sold them over. So if like Snyder needed like, hey, I needed this something, I, I needed like uh, this item to complete it. Like it was really easy to convince people. So not Nazi zombies had well, zombie Nazis had momentum and luck on its side. Lead animator Jimmy Zielinski offered animations. Artist Cameron Petty offered special characters to diversify the undead, and so on. Like Jesse Snyder goes into far more detail, but I'm just more or less giving the the bare bones, just just the Cliff Notes version of that. Yeah, post. obviously, there's a lot more to this than just what what we're what probably probably what well, he well, even revealed, honestly. Is, um, and you'll get to it more. There was some politics from Activision. Exactly. So, and you mentioned earlier the, the infamous ray gun, which has nothing to do with, with any of the arsenal in World at War, like, and just aliens in general. It was started out as a joke by weapon artist Max Porter. And he, even then, like, uh, to reassure Snyder and his project, World at War's mocap session just so happened to have an actor who played a zombie at Universal Studios CityWalk. So, again, like, a ton of luck and a ton of help just for this tiny little mode. I mean, I mean, heck, like one game bug was too good to fix. Like, a, like a recently uh, headshotted zombie would continue its stagger after a while before. Collapsing. I remember that I was pissed off because I got killed by one one time. I'm sure it was probably more <laughs> than one time. Oh, it was, it was most likely more than one time, but it was, it was another neat little thing where it's like, oh crap, I gotta keep my head on my toes. It's, it's not just headshots; you, you gotta like keep on spraying them down. So again, like everything was in place for it to be finished, except its balance and, like, like I mentioned before, like numerous bugs. The first wave took forever, and the players would survive over 30 ways without that much of a chance. I mean, I mean, if you think about, like, it taking hours upon hours just to get to wave, like, 28, and even then, like, it, it was like balanced and ready to ship. It's just, just, just like. It being over like 30 waves of people playing that is just insane. So that was the, at the point where Treyarch needed Snyder and Austin Krauss elsewhere. So luckily um, Treyarch put lead scripter Mike Denny to polish the mode back to life. But even at that point, the office was a buzz and Snyder could not be happier. I mean, Snyder even states, um, everywhere you went in the office you'd see people playing Nazi zombies. You can hear them across the office yelling at each other for revives, talking trash about what levels they got to and how far, what strategies they used to get get as far as they did, and so on. So Justin Snyder doesn't really get too into the weeds about like how late in the development this the, the, this mode was um, starting to form. By I I would imagine it was. Um, Pretty late. Let's say like October or like pretty close to to the shipping dates, because it, it seems very much like it was like the uh, everyone is in, in, in like polishing stage, and then they really wanted to play this mode because it's like it's, it's fun. Uh, well, back then they didn't do many day one patches. This is before the, this is before shipping broken games was like the total norm. So, right, right. So okay, I think yeah. they actually probably got this done in like a September or whatever what what but they were working on it until the last minute though probably before they put it they put it out for shipping or the the final date whatever it was called it's been a long time since I actually researched games so I don't forget these terms um but I did see like a, like a value out there. It's like there's like 11 hour days that that would be like the, the normal like crunch period for um Treyarch 
in that time, I, and then like throwing on on top of like weekends as well. It's like, oh my god, that, that sounds like hell. Like literally like seven days a week, like more than eight yeah, hours a day. Just, game just industry's only on gotten this. worse at it. <laughs> Horrible management. Except this, this is a little different because they actually enjoyed what they were doing, and they kind of manufactured. Oh yeah, like it, it was, it was yeah. very much like the, 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 like no, this, this is a thing that we, we like need the to crunch, have. For the, the crunch game. was kind of a product of their own desire to input this third mode, their yeah, own so, ambition. Yeah, oh, so yeah. It's, it's not like um, just horrible management at the top saying, oh god, I guess we have to put uh, work eighty hours for this, like it is for most studios. And I'm yeah. right. So that's. Yeah. They actually enjoyed their <laughs> their work. Yeah, they were just like, okay, break time, play some rounds. <laughs> exactly. There was like multiple emails. Um, Snyder would mention like like early on, or just like even at its, its most like bare bones, like it wasn't as pretty, wasn't as polished. But even at its, its most broken and basic, people were still like emailing each other, like, got to round seventeen. Well, I got to round twenty six. What of it? But even still, it was just an amazing behind-the-scenes display. So you heard this song at the top of um, the show here, and uh, that was the Game Over riff for uh, Nocter on Toten. There, there, there's this um, little song that plays right when you die, right when uh, everyone loses. You know, like they, they can't be revived. Obviously, like no, no one can revive people, so all dead. So it, you heard that song. Now that was a placeholder riff. Um, sound designer Kevin Sherwood whipped up, which was obviously it was uh, not lifted come release. That that placeholder just like just was just left in there because it's like you know what that's that's pretty this is cool. Enough. This sounds Leave about that right. in there. Um, in addition, there was a radio in, in Noct where if you attack it, it plays music such as the ending riff. And, and it was, I saw too, like, there's a. Oh gosh. The True Crime series also played. So, so like, Activision had the series called True Crime LA, True Crime New York, where it was, like, an, another, like, kind of, like, sort of uh, GTA clone ish. I don't remember much of the series because it's it's more or less dead and gone. The only thing remarkable it, remarkable about it now is based off of it, it was uh, it, it its third sequel would eventually become Sleeping Dogs because like, Activision just got rid of that 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 uh, more or less kind of sort of like finished game and gave it to Square Enix. Like ah, we don't know what to do with this. Um, here you go, Square Enix take over. And just uh, put out the game, put out some DLC, and never use that <laughs> use that game ever again. Or series. yeah, it's basically a salary dump from Activision. They cut it, they they traded it to or cut it, and Square Square Enix signed it, developed it. Sorry, I gotta do more sports analogies it's for my hashtag brand. <laughs> no, I gotcha. You are the sports guy here. I used to be, but I I, I just I just I just like playing playing games more yeah I, I i've my life has gone from sports to games back to sports pretty much all right it, it, it ebbs and flows depending on what, what's, what's on your plate now mike you had said you had an honorable mention out of the four maps here what what mode <laughs> what made the the map uh different from to the rest of the world of war platter if you will uh you mean the besides uh, you mean the other map not knocked um, yes, yes. Besides Nocta, the one of those three you I'd mentioned. Say, uh, so this was the third map, the second DLC map um, that Treyarch released called Shino Numa. It took you out of, it took you away from Nazi zombies and gave you Japanese zombies, um, Japanese soldier zombies. Um, it's called Shino Numa. It was in this like swamp, uh, and and it also I think was the first, it was the first map to like have four distinct characters with. Background, so you'd this introduced Richtofen, who Richtofen, who became like a villain or a, a, a deity or something. I was I fell down a wiki well reading these stories. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> Holy crap! This is more this is weirder than like a Marvel cosmic story or some shit. Like he became Galactus or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, there, it would be um, there's an American, a Russian, a German, and a a Japanese soldier. All four yeah, of the factions. So, yeah, oh, yeah. And they were, and they would fight the zombies. They would fight Japanese zombies, and you start off in this like weird hut. 
And then there were three island, little islands that you go to. So this is the first time we're like moving to a different location and you have to, because of the mystery box, occasionally you would get a teddy bear and then you'd hear the little girl laugh and the first time you hear a little girl laugh, you're like, fuck this. I don't like this anymore. This is, cre- this is officially too creepy. <laughs> it's yeah. never a good sign. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, and then any there medium. demonic dogs every like five or six rounds. Yeah. And you could also get like trapped in the, in the swamp. Basically, they added a whole bunch of new wrinkles and weird quirks to the formula at this point. And weird quirks you wouldn't really think about until you, you yeah, experience stuff yeah like everything what wasn't just there like you have to play it play like a couple of um oh i would say play a couple of rounds to actually kind of sort of get the map rather than just seeing like all right you play it once and you unlock everything like i know where everything yeah, is it forced you to I know strategize actually i was gonna say strategize differently but no it forced you to strategize there was that you actually had to think about what you were doing and where you were going and also int- what 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 direction to yeah. go to because where the again, mystery box like, go it, it introduced yeah. that that new strategy like instead of like camping in this one area you had to keep moving across yeah. open areas with no protection yeah. or cover in, in like, the, like the dead of night and all you have is just swamp water and, and like those, those and you had to look lights. up to see because there were Wherever the box would go, it would like shoot a shoot light into the sky, telling you, "Hey, I'm over here, dipshits, come get me, come get your your fancy electric guns." It got so weird at this point, man. It was so strange, <laughs> and it introduced a lot of stuff that became. It canon. was only the third. Yeah, map. it introduced a lot of stuff that became <laughs> canon, like the aforementioned Richtofen and that little girl screaming. Ugh. And eventually, it's just like, no, no, there, there's an entire yeah. story. You look back on and compare to the stuff uh, now. Like completely right kind. Compare to the stuff yeah. now, it's like. Tame, basically, it's like, oh, this is super simple compared to this <laughs> four-dimensional exactly, yeah, chest. Yeah, like a literal train you yeah. have to go around. Yeah, so that's Nazi zombies, <laughs> pretty much. It's a hell of a thing. It introduced, it basically introduced Treyarch or redefined Treyarch, and this was the birth of them as we know them now. This one little mode, more or less, like made World of War remarkable. Because like now we don't think of zombies, you know, like coinciding, like Nazi zombies coinciding with uh, World at War. We just think of that with like just general Call of Duty or like Treyarch games. I mean, th- th- this mode made World at War remarkable more than its significance of it, of just being different or or just going with a different angle of the uh, World at War or War II's perspective. Because after Modern Warfare 2 came out the next year. Nobody went back to World of War for the, the conventional multiplayer. They did for some of the zombies. Exactly, yeah. Like, Modern Warfare still had that, uh, Modern Warfare 2 and 3 still had that prestige. They're like, no, this this is the multiplayer that you know and love, but it, it, it's, just, it's just tweaked a little bit, and also Modern Warfare 2 was still kind of broken oh, in, in terms of the Super multiplayer. broken. It, and they also introduced um, Spec Ops as their little multiplayer thing they like if any were just like laughed at the idea of including zombies like fuck that shit we're not doing that why would we and cut to now exactly it, it was just like yeah like it's just like um these are different objectives even different levels it was more or less like the 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 bunker defense that we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier that it was just like these are just like sections of a level that you played in a campaign but you have different objectives and different things of doing it, which was like, you know, it's kind of fun, but like like half of them were, were like, this is agonizing, this sucks. And you're playing with a, with a, with a, with a friend, you, you'd imagine, like playing with someone else. So like, obviously it would, it would help that they'd be there, but it's still like, this is not as enjoyable or, or, as, uh, or as fun to do with a friend. Because it's, it's, again, there's not much like, there's a lot of like content there, but it was just, Shortly. Let's just say that. Because I'll just say that, this: I don't remember Jack shit of Spec Ops. I remember the Nazi zombies very well. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of memories tied to it. Mm-hmm. But that should do it. Is, is there anything else you want to mention about Nazi zombies in general? Nocter Untoten. It's too complicated now. I I can't dedicate <laughs> all this shit time. The only I need my elder sister and her husband to help me out because they do this shit, and, and I just feel like a like an old man when I try to play zombies now. 
you need to Excel spreadsheets and, and just like print off print off the maps and just you, like literal game plans. I need you need a PowerPoint. Like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a wave by wave PowerPoint. So like, okay, if this plan fails, here's like, plan so this, B. So this, this opens up fails, the train. Go to plan this brings F. down the moon. I'm sorry, what? The moon? Yeah, yes, this brings down the moon. Never mind, tapping out. Yep. I kind of, yeah. Exactly. I, to be honest, like I, 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 I haven't played Black Ops Two or Three, but just, just like looking at, at it from like a cursory glance, and it's just like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, this would be a lot of fun if I was actually into it, and I spent like a month just trying to play these maps and try to learn them. Like, if you put the time and effort into it, I would imagine it would be. I don't fun. remember the zombies from Black Ops Two because I don't think I played it that much. It was um, complex and yeah. And, uh, and my friends at the time were had drifted away. Uh, also, another thing, 2008, it was pretty easy to get friends to play this because games were, color was popping at the time. We're all teenagers. It was either uh, go to school, do drugs, or play video games. A lot of regrets. <laughs> but anyway, you transitioned right into uh, what I was going to ask next. Uh, if, if there's anything else you want to plug, and you mentioned Foster and Jones, um, PNB's Patreon exclusive sports talk show. Of uh, Michael Jones and Trav Foster, there you can talk you can talk endlessly about um, basketball and pretty much any other sport that just crosses your mind. But mostly, yeah, it's mostly just basketball, basketball because ba the NBA the NBA <laughs> is a league full of very petty drama, uh, the good kind of petty for the most part. Not not like <laughs> malicious, but like th this dude flexed on another dude and now he's man on Twitter about it. But it's hilarious. Um, and also, this yeah. basketball is pretty good sport. Rich people fighting with other rich people, and then sometimes fighting with, with even richer it, it, people. It is, so, yeah, yeah. It, it, it has made fun. me realize that I am not above being soap opera bullshit. I'm really not, because I, I love the NBA so much. <laughs> yeah, get your yeah. popcorn ready, dog. That's NBA, right. NBA Twitter itself is just <laughs> always ready with the jokes. Always, it's the. You should follow it. You should just like go on go on my follower list. And my following list, and just like click out the click on some of these NBA accounts. Just even if you don't even watch the league, just they'll tell because you'll watch and be like, "Is this, is this a daytime TV show? No, this is real life." Okay then. <laughs> and yeah, we occasionally talk. About, we're gonna probably talk about baseball and football. Um, it's a monthly sports show. It's, it's a monthly show for now. But that's the general conference seat. Um, so you mentioned your Twitter. What's your uh, Twitter? M Jones nine one six. I took a break from it for a while. And then I came back because I love to be on that bullshit. Yeah, Twitter is, is nothing if not full of drama. Mm -hmm. So I'll end with, uh, thank you for listening to uh, this regular episode of Level Select. And be sure to check out patreon.com slash PNB for our listener-supported fundraising. And if you're feeling generous, pass three bucks a month to us and receive additional audio goodies like the monthly PNB FM, which is our video game podcast, which is our video game music podcast, every PNB network show, and even a listed out soundtrack to every level select episode in the backgrounds. It's cheaper than a Crunchwrap Supreme, people. Come on. Those are just like mostly tortilla shells and lettuce. You're, you're just buying it because of the presentation. Don't, don't... Don't, don't lie to yourself like that. Like, head to your local na national fast food taco place and just listen to P&B while you just say no to Crunchwrap Supremes and just support P&B. And I'll end this episode with the updated, actually produced version of that Game Over Riff, with <laughs> that Game Over Riff called Lullaby, Lullaby for a Dead Man. And tune in next episode where we discuss... Temple Runner.
Regular episode. Regular episode. Don't you forget, this is a regular episode. Regular. Regular episode. Please don't forget, this is a regular episode. Regular episode. This is a regular episode. <laughs>